0: Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goaltending, science, and peak performance. I'm your host Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy, and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me, as always, is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. <whistles> All right. Welcome to Goalie Science. I'm here with Yane. Yane um, Lani. So Yane and I met each other this past summer in Finland, uh, working at the EGM camp. And I don't know, I don't want to get into a long winded discussion. I'll let you do that yourself. So Yane, thanks for joining the Goalie Science podcast. Uh, introduce yourself, let the people know who you are, where you coach, what you do.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Jane. So so my name is Jan and I I'm from uh, Helsinki, Finland, or nowadays I live in Espo, the suburbs here and uh, I work as a goalie coach or IFK Helsinki and I uh, my my duty there is a development goalie coach. So I, I mainly work with the u 20 and U18 goalies. And uh, and the goal is, of course, to develop the young guys, uh, to, to our league team. So the main team. So, so that's the main, main progress there and, and develop the goal is over. And, uh, yeah, I've been coaching since 2009. So, so it's my, my actually tenth 10th season for EFCO Helsinki, not actually in this task. So like I used to work with, that with the younger guys in the beginning and with our, uh, kind of like whole operation teams there. And, and yeah, and before that I studied studied sports health science in the university. That's the only place in Finland you can actually study sports in the actual university. So that's my that's my like degree <laughs> or coaching teaching. Hey
0: no, that's that's good to hear. It's always nice to you know, it's a different it's a different world and then we've talked about it on the podcast before how in North America you know, like anyone can just start coaching, but in Europe, oftentimes, I mean, anyone can start coaching, but to move up the ranks, often that, that higher education of coaching or some sort of health science background is, is often required. Um, so before we get into your coaching career and your role at, uh, HIFK, um, Tell us a little about your playing career growing up like when did you start being a goalie like what uh what was your development like uh where did you
2: play where did you finish yeah so so i fell in love with the in into 1990s and uh back then we used to have an nhl power week uh program here in finland so they send uh it was every saturday morning so they sent send the program so it was basically like highlight highlight uh show from uh from every week's nhl clips and and there were the 90s goalies like felix Potsman and Bart sambrador patrick lua hashek of course and that i watched those clips every saturday morning and then i went out to play street hockey with my brother and buddies. that i always wanted to be a goalie uh but uh, when i started hockey i was i was eight i think so i never went to uh, like a hockey school so normally i in finland kids go to hockey school when they're four to six years old. But my dad said to me that I learn you to skate. So, so, so if you want to go to the team straight, it's, it's possible. But when I joined the team, I was actually a demon first place because we all already had two goalies. So, so I had to wait one season uh, to become a goalie. And I was, I was kind of like rough and edgy demon. So I was in the penalty box all the time sitting around because uh in Finland, you cannot hit uh or throw body checks uh in the first years you're playing so it's it's in the later perhaps i i'm not sure but maybe you, when you're 10 or 12 years old you can throw body checks. so so in Finland, back back in the days you couldn't uh the hits and i was rather big guy uh throwing the hits because <laughs> i think that was the best being a demon then i ended up doing the penalty box all the time and it wasn't so fun and but then i got the chance to play goalie and uh in in the next house to us there was a former goalie who had played uh, like minor pro hockey in finland and uh he he promised to be my goalie coach so uh, w- right when i started i was rather like tall kid so i got goalie coaching from from uh, so the guy living next to us so that was for match uh then i played played here uh in helsinki area and it, then i joined uh, when I was 14 or 13 or 14, the yeah, Helsinki uh, team. So that's one of the biggest organization, most traditional ones in Finland. So so I got the goalie coaching education from there. Uh, then later I got caught cut when I was like 16 or 17, maybe, maybe earlier in 16, maybe. And uh, then I still like tried to go towards like, like the better, better leagues, like the junior leagues and like professionalism, but uh, then sometimes at high school, I, I, I thought, like the lack of passion in training and that kind of, it, it was some kind of phase then. And I, I didn't care so much about like training and all kind of that stuff. And then I focused maybe more on studying and thinking what I want to do with my future. And then I, when I was 19, I still decided to play a little lower level 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 in the U 20 i think it was second division and then i then i went already study studied the s- sports actually to vr sports institute of finland so there is a hockey line and base plan i went to the baseline. but there were actually a lot of a lot of north american guys at the hockey line the degree program of sports and leisure management there so so we had a we had a hockey team uh, at the campus and i still played in helsinki area yeah and then uh uh as an adult i still play like minor minor hockey, you know second and third division in finland so so i've still still go out and play twice a week so i think like that's the best part the coaching is the second best but i really enjoy being uh, between the pipes and putting the mask on it taking the box so so i think that's still still my passion <laughs> I'm, glad,
0: I'm glad to hear you still have the passion uh, a few questions on what you said the first um so what is the, like, what's a hockey school for kids? You said kids usually go to hockey school, like four or five. Yeah. What's the difference between that and then just the normal, like public elementary school?
2: Uh, yeah. Hockey school, I mean, uh, by hockey school, I meant like, uh, that it's a, like hockey tryouts mm. that, that the different organizations, uh, they have like, it's called hockey school here, but it, it does, doesn't have anything to do with the actual school. So it's like learning basic hockey skills when you're at really young age. So, so it usually goes so that the organizations or the teams are in every area in Finland or every small, small town or, or, or part of the towns. So they have their own club, hockey club. And then uh, when you are four to six, the parents, they can put the kids to, to learn to skate and to learn to play. And there are often like 40 to 50 kids and then after after you have done done the basic like hockey stuff uh that the, they start to build up teams uh when the kids are seven to eight year olds usually so i never went to that like the first phase mm-hmm. where where you kind of like learn to skate and the parrots can be on the ice helping the kids so i joined the team right away but that's pretty good like uh i think it's a good like thing to involve uh many kids to the sport uh because it's really cheap to put your uh, kid to the for for example to the fall semester or the spring semester of that hockey school so-called hockey school learning the basics and the skating and the amounts are huge so it's 30 to 60 even 70 kids some organizations like 46 year olds who learn the basics of the game and they have the potential uh to join a team so i i think it's a pretty good system here to get the kids, the really young kids, around the game. Okay, yeah, I know that makes sense. I misunderstood because
0: like here yeah, yeah. now, there's there's more and more um, like we, I guess we're calling like sport academies or hockey academies that are popping up. Typically, they're they're more private schools where it, it, there is a, a large financial investment in it, and you, it's tends to be more like online school with like a lot of hockey training. So I wasn't sure. Does something like that exist in Finland, or is it more, um, you know, it is it more of that like your local town club kind of development
2: it's more like local town club development and then when you go to high school then there are like sports high school so uh in sport high school you can you can like you choose your sport first that if it's soccer or or swimming or whatever or hockey and and then you kind of like get the course that high school course when you participate team practices in the mornings, but not in the elementary school or, or, or upper secondary. There, there isn't such a thing that is focused only or mainly in hockey. So, so it's like, of course there are sport lines or there can be like hockey line upper secondary school too, that they have like morning practices twice. a week. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Now going back to NHL, uh, power hour there. Were you always yeah. in NHL power week, NHL power yeah, week, I didn't Were you- now, were you like biased to finish goalies or who was like your goalie favorite goalie growing up?
2: No, actually, actually, that's, that's a, a weird thing because, uh, uh, back in the days, in the 1990s, we had a, we had a lot of good, like, uh, I had a lot of idol goalies in Finland too. And we had a lot of like good, really good goalies here, but none of them played in the NHL. Uh, actually Jarma Mullis uh, he played in the Minnesota North Stars or or San Jose Sharks, maybe in the early 90s, but he didn't like break through as a as a star never. And then we didn't have any Finnish goalies back then. And it was it was then in the like early 2000s when Pasi Nurminen and Kipprosov and that kind of goalies, they broke through in the North America. But in the 90s it was just the Canadian goalies, actually like Felix Potts fan brother, Eddie for they were my heroes actually I have my new helmet it's not in the shop now because I'm still using it. so I have like those three Canadian I'm half of the other side painting they were my child idols and I was always wondering as a kid that would finish goalie make it to the NHL someday and then I was maybe in a high school when, when on and played in Atlanta so he was really high drafty back in the 2001 or 2002 so so then we got a little little bit of hope that the next generation uh, is gonna go to the NHL and then later to Karask and, uh, and those guys. So, but it took time it took time and I was uh, always like dreaming of like a Finnish starter as a Finnish young goalie that there would be a Finnish starting goal in the NHL one day then it happened in the 2000s yeah, that it seems like there was
0: in that in that mid two thousands time there was an influx of, of Finnish goalies, and I remember reading like all the articles. I don't know if you ever had like Goalies World magazine over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember one. They always talk about like Finnish hand, Finnish hands, and all these things. But like, what what do you think was the big like catalyst and the spark for that that boom of Finnish goalies that we don't really see? as much now, but it was really big back in the uh, the 2000s.
2: Yeah, actually, I have to take back a little bit because Goalie's World magazine. Uh, We didn't have that magazine in Finland, but my uh, grandmother lives in Sweden, in Stockholm, Sweden. And there was one bookshop that was selling Goalie's World magazine. And uh, my grandma always went to the shop and she bought the Goalie's World magazine to me in the late 90s and then then when I visited her in Stockholm I get get the great present. The goalies world magazine and that, I, I I thought that was the best magazine ever I still have those <laughs> I know I still have <laughs> stacks of them yeah they were the best and all the boss and actually there were some coaches too I think mm-hmm. so it was great yeah but uh, the X-Factor finished goalies or what what made it happen that they went to Danica I think the goalie coaching like uh things started quite early like goalie coaching i think in the 1980s in the beginning of the 80s it was already pretty systematic stuff uh here in finland and i remember when i started mid 90s uh every like i had a goalie coach right from the get go. of course it was the guy next to me who was like a goalie who wanted to help me but, but still in the other teams they had goalie coaches so i think that sooner or later that habit of coaching young guys really systematically and it was like every team almost like a junior team had own goalie coach like a volunteer one so i think it's the system like that it was so systematic then uh and then the a res- results came a little bit later than in the early 2000s or the mid-2000s so that's i think it's the Major is reason, Maddie. Now, we had, we had talked about this a little bit in the summer.
0: And, yeah. you know, like in North America, for the, actually not even, for the most part, between Hockey Canada, Hockey USA, it's a very decentralized system where most clubs don't have a full-time goalie coach. Very few of them do. Uh, actually, I can't name any that do in terms of minor hockey, of course. And then yeah. if they have a goalie coach, it's a privately contracted person. And almost or in all goalie training is like privately done. So the parents uh, and the goalies have to reach out to coaches individually. Now, what is the system of goalie development like nationally? Because I know that there are meetups and it, it is there's a very it's a lot more centralized than we have it. So can you give us the best you know, explanation of
2: how that works for a young goalie? I think it works well. And, uh, I think it's really, really cool, for example, in our organization. So, so there is the EFCO housing, like the main team, the big organization, the house organization, but then we have like those smaller suburb teams or organizations under us and they get all the like education uh, from us, from the big team, but there are like a lot of goalie coaches. And I think that their salaries like just counted that, uh, like monthly payment for the whole team is some euros more to get the goalie coach for the goal. So I think that's a pretty smart system here. And of course they are not like huge amounts of money and, and mainly, mainly the goalie coaches go to a daytime work and then they come to the rings like three times a week nights, you know, but I think the system is really well and we have a lot of, of those goalie coaches and, uh, then we have the, like there's different kind of seminars and, and, uh, like lectures and stuff. Like once in, uh, every two months in our, our organization, as a, the goalie coaches, they, they like work together and discuss with each other and get the ideas from each other. And sometimes like different goalie coaches go to watch like different goalies of different coaches. So I think it's really good. So you get the ideas all the times from, uh, from other coaches and other goalies too, so. So I, I think that community uh, types thinking here. Uh, so the goalies get a lot of lot of benefit from that too. So they have like different voices also mm-hmm. at, from at at the at young age, follow and different ideas, a lot of ideas. So for you, who is the director, you know of
0: of goalie development for U twenty and below? How does the system in HIFK work, like? So someone is above you, and then there's you, and then you oversee other people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, we have three full-time goalie coaches in our our organization, and now the trend has been that there are more and more organizations in Finland, like the league. League is top league, the like top men's league in Finland. It's called league. So, so there are all already, I think, four or five league organizations who have like three full-time goalie coaches. And usually it's the men's teams goalie coach, then U U twenty or U eighteen like the high school morning academy, which we have. And then that goalie coach works as a development goalie coach role more. And then there is one goalie coach full time who is in charge of the youngsters, like from U eight to U fifteen, U sixteen when when the first national team uh tryout start, starts So and then uh in addition to those three time uh three full-time uh goalie coaches there are also like volunteer goalie coaches for for every every like midget team or you 14 you 13 you 12 you 11 in most of the organizations so there are a lot of guys coaching goalies so so that's the strength i think in, in our country so there are a lot of guys involved how how do you navigate or how is like the
0: communication between the levels set up? You had mentioned, um, every two months you have like a, a, a meeting, but yeah. how does like your community is the communication consistent from the, the goal, the volunteers with each teams and up, or is it, you know, is it just that, that meeting you guys get together, talk a little bit and
2: then go your separate ways? No, it's, it's pretty consistent, like weekly base. So, so often me and me and the guy so this is just the example from our organization but I I've discussed with the other coaches or other organizations or clubs here so so they they prefer to work really similar so 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 we have what's a group for the goalie coaches and at once a week uh, our younger the, the goalie coach who is in charge of the younger age group so he puts like the theme there that this is this week's theme for coaching and we do this and this kind of Drills at the goalie, it's like videos and stuff, and then and then I I can do there like from videos from our U eighteen or U twenty games or practices. that This is the level we are training at the U eighteen or U twenty, and there are some ideas for your goalies. Like remember to, that your goalies are younger, etc. Like that, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of like we 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 communicate every week and then then also we meet at the goalie practice so we have the teams or actually the organization's goalie practice every Monday or two different goalie practices so the first one is for the younger kids uh you 13 to U 8 and then it then the other one is from you 14 to U eighteen. so so then once a week all the goalie coaches meet at the ice and kind of like work together so so I think that is that is really important to know where we are at like every week and how do the goalies perform at the games and how is the practicing, and 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 then of course we borrow the goalies so so i think the goalies get benefits from that also that almost every week some younger goalie gets to participate to the older uh, age groups trainings and even in the games so i think it's really good system and we have built that kind of atmosphere that it's really easy to go as a younger guy with the older guys because you know the coaches and you know the goal in some so so I think that helps too because then you get a little bit that extra it's extra challenge with the better shooters with a higher tempo.
0: Yeah, no that definitely makes sense. Now um what if you know what's the system like for, for girls hockey and women's hockey? Is it the same goalie coaches or are they separate? Because I know some of those clubs have women's teams as well.
2: Yeah, we have we have yeah actually uh it was a couple of years ago, when efco also started the women's team, and and uh, they actually won the championship this this last sprint and and there are a lot of like really, really good uh, girl or or yeah, girl goal goalies, and uh, actually one of our our former goalies, Sami Ahola, is playing now NCAA. Uh, he was selected to the women's national team as well, so he he plays. I I, I don't remember her her team but he's in NC double Ahola. she's a really good good goal 2000 board but yeah the the girls participate in the goalie practices also but then we have a uh the women's league team they have own goalie coach and uh he Alex actually he's the other around his brother <laughs> the NHL player so so he takes charge of the more of the girls stuff or like women's academy and, and you fifteen, you sixteen girls because they kind of like it. uh in, in in women's hockey or girls' hockey here, like different age groups, there are not so many players in Finland. Mm-hmm. So they they work out or practice together. So so Alex uh he's in charge of the goal is there more, but of course I know what's happened I'm there. But it's really really like equal for girls and boys boys to to practice here. What's up? Uh, uh, yeah, like what's something in that
0: you'd like to see in the current goalie model of Finland that you'd like think can be like improved or something that you'd like to see changed?
1: Uh yeah, of course there
2: are a lot of things we can we can do better. And maybe one thing one thing that could be better is uh, like the game analyzing and the game feed and all the, and all the video stuff. So, so, so I think like the goalie coaching in many places is pretty really traditional that that the goalie coach gets a time in the beginning and uh, the coach is throwing the pucks to the goal is like ten minutes and then the game. The, team practice starts so so to get the goalie coaches more involved to the team practice and the actual game of hockey like the hockey sands and reading the game and the, kind of like the playing of the game so I think like the, the Finnish tradition is like the basic techniques basic saves so that's that's the groundwork where the Finnish starting goal in the NHL were good at too like like in the saving and like you mentioned the active hands and that kind of stuff so maybe Teaching the game, like video analyzing from the from the games, so that kind of stuff could be improved. And then, uh, then all the like, I don't know if it if it's called proprioceptive and stuff, like senses, that kind of stuff. Am I correct? I yeah, don't uh, know. It's English. No, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. So I'm really keen on that and like the the eye stuff and sense stuff. So so that's I think will be the next next step here that we we gotta dig on that so i think in north america you guys are ahead of us in that department um do you find that change moves slow in the system uh like in the national
0: system like we're here in north america um i think one of the upsides to more of a decentralized model is you know say there's a goalie coach you know i don't know in british columbia who Comes up with something, and then all of a sudden it 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 spreads like wildfire. Do you is you find that that's the same in Finland, or is there more like well, we need to slow down, make sure everything follows the proper hierarchy and protocols, or is it still pretty? If someone in say like you know like Kiko's asphalt well, is comes up with some new technique, like how quickly does that spread into the system itself?
2: Uh, Of course, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And of course, we have trends always and the social media uh, is big here too. Maybe not as big as in North America, maybe. Or we don't have so many like commercial coaches uh, back here. But uh, but yeah, of course, there are trends. But since we are pretty calm and we don't get so like excited about things. So we're pretty calm and we like. Think first and discuss first. That is this like good thing to teach, or what do you think about this? So, so it's it's often like that's a, that we have first like federation seminar or something, and then we kind of like digest it a little bit. Like there is some new trend, and and and, and uh like the federations goalie coaches, they're gonna ask like, what do you guys think that should we should we put an effort on this, or is this just like American trick or American trick or what do you think? And uh, so I, I think the trends are not spreading, spreading so quickly, but, but of course you gotta keep an eye on what's, what's like current now and what's important or what's the next step in the scene all the time. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, we, maybe we digest things a little bit more so we don't jump or change things so rapidly here. Um, You definitely, I can agree with the Finns being
0: a lot more calm about, uh, about everything. Now, when it comes to like, you know, going a little bit back to the, like the hockey school and stuff, what age is there a set age that you guys have for when, um, you know, kids become full-time goalies or
2: is that dependent on the kid, the parent? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question too. And I, I wonder that as well, that is there a certain time or some certain phase that it's good to become a full-time goalie, but but I don't know. Now we have like uh, in our U14 team, we have two really uh, uh, good guys goalies, and they're playing basketball as well in a in a high level, and they have split the time between the basketball and the hockey, and they have for for example, they have skipped the goalie practices on Mondays because they have got a uh, basketball. But I don't see like any, any, any bad things on their technical goalie technique or that kind of stuff because they they go to the basketball practice instead of goalie practice. So I think the overall athleticism is the is the thing at a young age. And if if you can play out as a skater and then you can play goalie or you can play soccer or basketball and you can uh, like divide the time and combine all those three, Uh that's the best option as a young age, because then you learn to play the ball games. You learn the ball game, like sense, how the ball games work. And sometimes when you're out as a skater, it helps you to read the game and to know where your body is better uh, when you are as a goalie. So so I think there is no certain base. but usually uh, when we go, we play here, uh, the youngsters, the really young guys, they play with the half ring. I don't know if if the small kids do that in North America. Play like just at the other end of the ice, and like with the halfway. Actually, the small, yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that 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 brought me into a question I was going to ask because yeah,
0: uh, my podcast co-host Ben, he's very deep in like the research side, and we compare yeah. hockey development to, to soccer, yeah. football development. Now, yeah, in maybe the past ten years. That small half ice model is starting to grow, and it's being encouraged by Hockey Canada, Hockey USA. But I know in Ontario there was a group of parents that were completely against it and actually started their their own league where it was full ice only for young kids. Now I'm my bias lies where I like the half ice. I think it's really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. Like what are your thoughts on? For younger kids, or actually, let's talk about for goalies specifically, for younger goalies, yeah. that half ice versus that full ice from a very young age and the full size and that and all that. they I mean, basically playing like adults
2: as young kids. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I was coming to the part when, yeah, we, we usually, when, when the kids go to the full ice, then, then our teams have like, not full-time goalies, but they are more into being goalies. They can still play Play out, but 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 usually there when they are. I think they are now. You you eleven or you twelve, and actually uh, the federation Finnish hockey federation changed the series uh, uh, during the COVID time. So in the in, in the like first is the half ice, but then there is a base, I I think I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it's U eleven or U twelve. At that age group, you have a certain amount of games at the pool ring and certain amount of games with the mini eyes like a, the, the split eyes and I think that's the perfect match for a goal is there because when it's the half ring you get all the situations like you really have to do the continuous movement that you need that you're gonna be needing mm-hmm. that well machine when you when you grow older so I think for the continuing playing the mini eyes is really good for the goals because you have to move move. more read 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 you have to be ready all the time. You have to move on the goal. It's So I think that's really, really good because sometimes when it's the big eyes and it's been discovered also, uh uh and there have been studies that the kind of like the uh how you how you see the space around you, it develops until you are twelve years old. So so it's really hard for a younger go- go- goalie to to like notice those distances on the ice when you're because the ring is so big. So you yeah. don't you don't kinda of like have not have a so good clue of the space around you, like like the passing lanes or or how far is the park for the player when the when the space is so big. So that's why also I think uh for the little goalies skills it's it's better better it's it's easier to read read at the mini ring. And often the goal is also they complain. Yeah, it's only breakaways or Ottoman rushes. Because because of course the small players, they don't <laughs> realize the space there as well. So so I, I, I'm a fan of the small eyes, but I think the combination is the best. best. But uh, but if, if you are under 10 year old, then of course the mini ice is good or the split ice. But then of course the nets, like the nets are the safe size. So that's, that creates a little bit Problems there. Uh, should the nets be smaller i don't know you guys don't have smaller nets for like the u no, no. oh so we, that's no.
0: actually something that we have now in north america which yeah. i have I, yeah I, I me too, was, yeah yeah, i wish there was a third i like got a, a middle net where like you know you have your that's u10 true. net and then you have a net to like u14 and then you have your full size net just to yeah. you know just to make their that jump from a small net to the six by four is still a lot and I find like, you know, so long, as yeah. soon as like some of those kids start to go through puberty, now all of a sudden the kids can shoot and maybe the goalie hasn't grown yet. Then they're just shooting at so much. Em- em- and yeah. so that's one thing I wish that, uh, that, uh, that middle sized net, but going back, yeah. you had mentioned, you know, the, you know, the rule changes in the pandemic. And this is something I've discussed a lot with my, with my goalie coach growing up, but have you noticed any negative effects to youth development from that period of time where kids weren't able to to play and go on the ice and have all these things because I've noticed it a little bit and talking to some other goalie coaches they've even talked about how like these certain years it's almost like you have to kind of wash because they miss critical times of development is that something that you've come across or has things been pretty consistent and steady in Finland
2: yeah yeah actually actually that's good good point that yeah during the coming time actually when we started practicing again. So we, we had the horse here as well from the team practices or or gathering uh, and uh, we had a lack of goalies. So so often it's like uh in the U-10, U-11, U-12. In those age groups, uh we've had like four goalies per each team and the teams play two different uh like teams inside the team so it can be like triple A and double A team or goalies and the goalies circulate there or or some guys play more triple A or some guys will double A teams but anyway yeah we had a lack of goalies and that was a like because they quit playing uh the the kids so so that was the main reason like when the team sports ended here because the COVID passed so some guys never gave that back and that created trouble to get like goals for especially 2010 born. or so 2011 born after COVID. So there was a little slump uh in the number of the goalies after the COVID because some goalies just never gained back. And it was hard hard for the remaining goalies because they had to play all the games and practices to get all the shots. So so and there were it weren't enough goalies to practices. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe the overall like uh, physical condition. You could see a little, little collapse there after the COVID time. But I think right now we're, we are pretty much back in the normal, normal with the other guys. Now, what age do you have your goal? Like how much training are they doing
0: over the course of a year from like the early years? So let's just say you 14 and below. And then when the kids get above that, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old, like how many times you know, are they practicing? Are they, you know, getting dry land, like goalie specific training? What is that structured in a way? Is if like, how does that work? How much? Cause we had talked, we talk a lot about like, you know, our goal is doing too much. You know, sometimes we have kids that are skating for five hours a day, which I think yeah. is, is too much. So how does, what does that look like? Um, you know, for you guys, I know you can only speak in your
2: organization, but in that, that development yeah. process. I think it's, it's really important to talk about, that stuff because I'm a big believer in, in, uh, in like versatile sports that you do not just only hockey as a young age, that you do all kinds of sports to a certain age. It's, it's good for the, like, like for the game sense, the ball game sense and, and the physical condition that you'll stay healthy, healthy. Because if you're only doing butterflies and stuff, so. So at the early age to much, So it's not good for a posture at the older age. I can feel it in my hips, all the butterfly repetitions at the younger age. Yeah. But anyway, um, we practice. It's a little bit different because, because in North America, the goalies, they go to goalie schools or goalie coaches. But we have the goalie coach in the practices And usually the goalie coach is two to three times in a team practice. And he uh, often gets like 10 to 30 minutes goalie specific time at the team practice when we're speaking like you 14 or, or young. and and they have team practices usually three or four times a week and then then usually the goalie plays one or two games a week so it's a lot so uh there are always guys who are because we have also like commercial coaches who have their own own goalie schools and if there is uh i think that is if there is a young guy who has the physics like the physical condition is good and and he has the will and he wants to learn and and he has the energy to go uh in addition to those team practices involving his own goalie coach if he wants to go to a commercial goalie coach, i think it's totally fine but then there are some examples i remember one kid he was 14 and he skipped all the team practices and their team had a goalie coach but he only went three times a week for the commercial goalie coach and he was like wondering why didn't he get any playing time from his actual team and then the team tried to explain that hey you should be this is a team sport so if you're only like choosing which practice you want to go and skip the team practice you're not going to play this team uh so there are every once in a while there are examples like that but in overall it's it's i think here it's it's pretty healthy so the goal is go to the goalie camps when, when there is a vacation in the summer or or in the autumn or now in the Christmas break, we have a couple of camps. But then then there are the commercial coaching or that kind of like uh I don't know, like additional coaching uh is 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 pretty rare still here because the goalie coach is in the teams. So you don't have to search the goalie coaching outside the team practices of. So that's that lineage step uh, times you go to the ice week. So I I think it's good. Mm. Now for the younger kids, do
0: they still getting the same amount of goalie attention as the older guys? Yeah, that's,
2: that's been our idea. Uh, Or almost the same. So of course, in our U18, U16, U20 team, like the LA teams, the goalie coaches nearly in every, every evening practice there. And I'm, I'm then in the morning u 20 so so we try to implement the goalie coaching uh like if there is a three practices uh in the evenings in one week so the goalie coach would be there two times so I think though like there also should be like one one practice or even two practices a week that there isn't any goalie coach so the goalie has to like think and survive by himself and develop his head and 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 uh, that he doesn't get used Used to that that somebody is telling him what to do all the time because you know as a goalie you have to make your own decisions and you have to carry the mental load as well. So our combination has been like you have three practices a week, uh if you're like U twelve or you're fourteen goalie, then the goalie coach is uh at there at twice a week. So so one practice without a goalie coach. But then in the U eighteen, U sixteen, U twenty like almost in every practice and, and and I think also in the away games, it's a good system. But the goalie coach doesn't travel with the team because then it's like 50 50 that you get the feedback, you get the ideas from the goalie coach. And then then you also have those games. You have to struggle. You have to battle on your own and trust your own own mind and your own game. Mm. And you don't get the goalie coach is not there to help. Those because in the, in the end, as a goalie, sometimes it's pretty long place to be and You have to figure it out on your own.
0: Yeah, no, I get that for sure. Now, you've been coaching for a while, 2009. Um, so going, I'm not a good math guy. So looking at around 15, 15-ish <laughs> years. Have you noticed well, any, yeah, have you noticed any changes um, in the way kids learn now versus the way okay, you kind of was when you started?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I noticed. And that I'm, I'm kind of like from that world too, from the academic world, because I, I did my studies and we had a lot of like, like paperwork and stuff back then, because back then we didn't study with the iPads, uh, or sometimes even <laughs> with the computers, we had only books and stuff in the 2000s. So so back in the then- days I, I remember when I started coaching, I had a lot of like material like like pictures and, and papers and stuff and I, I I sometimes I printed those for the goalies and 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 then at some point in in the early two thousand tens I realized that maybe maybe the papers like they they were just on the shelves. So, so nobody <laughs> never <laughs> read those papers. I printed them and, and then at the same time like YouTube blow out and everything happened, like the video st- started to grow up. So then I uh, maybe I'm, at that time, I, I started to put the more effort, effort on the videos. And actually that time, a couple of years later, 2015, we started our YouTube channel and this loop box, which means all prospects. Uh, actually, we never get to the phase that you could call us prospects, me and Rolf, my buddy. <laughs> so so really, I crossed. But it's gonna kind of like, but yeah, the video, that's the thing nowadays. So short video, like if, if you have a drill, so it, it must be like edited, like all the necessary stuff and the video lasts like 30 seconds. Then then the kids will, will, will uh, watch it. But I used to make videos too that I, I think they were really good, like full of information, full of like animals and stuff. And they lasted. 10 minutes and I thought there are 10 minutes, that's a short one. But but then when I, when I watched the analytics, so the kids had just watched like first two minutes of those 10 minute videos, then like, I think the trend is like concentrations because there is TikTok and all this kind of stuff nowadays. So the concentration of the kids is like shorter and shorter. So as a coach, also the instruction and all that kind of stuff. So you really have to pay attention that you have all the vital stuff weekly and shortly and then we go do things and send him in the teaching material. It's actually funny that you say that cause I've noticed
0: that too where like I, yeah. know, in, my, in my EGM group, my remote goalies, like we have, I have hours and hours of video where like I put so much time and effort and like yeah. goodness, this is great. But the ones that resonate the most and get the best feedback are like quick 30 seconds, no more than two minutes, like bang, bang, bang. Which is also why like my Instagram things like do so well is because i'm like okay let's keep it concise like i love to talk and i can over yeah. and over explain but it's like it's it's a less it's a hard thing for me to like distill it into something super specific i have noticed that too with like young kids it's like nowadays is everything has to be straight to the point direct and then you have to go do it immediately you yeah can't, like, that's true you can't let them like digest it as much like i want them to sit there and to think I understand but i find that it's actually more beneficial just like let's just do it do it and then fix it yeah do it, fix it um so you you're involved well with the like the finnish national team and their their junior hockey um what's the biggest difference so like what's the biggest challenge you have when you have to take your goalies and go from european ice to north american sides ice do you is that something that you're directly involved with is it more of or figure it out like how do you break that down because i've had to do that both sides like taking goalies and sending them to europe with myself and then taking some european guys and then bringing them over like Baron and then to like being able to adjust him when we got him at tech and, and those kind of things
2: yeah that's funny because uh i've been to states and actually now finally to canada last summer because my wife's uh Wife's godmother lives lives in uh, British Columbia, so I finally visited Canada, which was on my bucket list. But I I've never coached there, so so I worked with the Finnish U16, U17, and U18 national teams. So I was with the 2004 boys, uh straight from the beginning that three year period there. But we have a had a it was the COVID time when we had the World Hockey Challenge, mm-hmm. and it was cancelled. So it, it's been pretty funny because I've never played in the North American ring or, or actually I played in that size ring here in Finland myself too, because some of rinks are North American size, uh, but I've never coached there or played myself there overseas. Uh, but then I've had a lot of guys who have went to the tournaments or, or to the college that kind of that stuff. So, so it's been interesting to like, uh, discover and, uh, pay attention uh without that knowledge that what would be like the most important things so maybe maybe like the angles and then some some like movements when you continue to play then instead of like recovering uh with your feet that you have to turn to the slide and turn inside to the post because the uh place uh they come uh quicker from the boards from the corners so especially though those side plays when, when they comes from the side, the attacks so of shots and, and the rebound comes like quickly, quickly to the corner that, that you journey yourself self like quickly to the RVH because mm-hmm. the, the distances are shorter and the angles are sharper. So that kind of plays an overall, like the box control. You first set yourself on the line. And then if you have the time, then you can like push it and challenge, take the free space away a little bit more because here in the bigger ring, the distances are bigger. So you can play a little bit more out in certain situation as well. And you can be a little bit more active. And actually this year we got a goalie from USHL. So, so he's now with the Slovakian national team at the world junior. So, so I could see with him, the process this year has been like to build up that skating and activity at the kind of like courage to to trust your feet and trust your move, movement all the time. So not, not going too early, deep and to the posts because you have the time. Because he was in USL and it was this typical story that they didn't have ongoing coach at the team, so he was only getting the feedback at, and that kind of stuff. But now when we work every day, so we can adjust those little, little uh, stuff in his game every day. So it's
0: been interesting good so we're getting close to the end I have a few final questions here i i want to kind of rapid yeah. fire them off some goalie wise and then some uh music because <laughs> i know we share a same yeah similar taste in music but the first one is what was your first set
2: of pads my first set of pads they were awful those pads <laughs> they were uh it's a finnish brand called Pallas, and uh, uh we had a goalie in finland Markus Ketterer. So, uh, he played in Buffalo Sabres in the early, early nineties. I think so. So, and Rochester, America. So, so he played it actually in North America, but those were similar pads to Marcus Getter pads. And I remember that, uh, I didn't have straps because they were so old, those pads. So I had like, uh, leather belts, <laughs> like they went like around my class and the materials of the belts and of the overall pads when they got wet, so they, they waited a time. So so maybe that's why I got lo- like straight, stronger legs right in the beginning. They were awful. But then after that, I got Edge or Eddie. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Eddie or Edge. Yeah, yeah. those awesome. were Canadian
0: ones. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Now what, <laughs> has there been something that you've used or seen other goalie use when it comes to like equipment modifications that you're like i think i want all my goalies to do this
2: maybe maybe the reason reasoned ones i think one good thing is like when it's the uh like the toe lace like the lace there (laughs) uh in the doe bridge that you 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 put the hockey tape there like when when you have the like the height there when you need the skate to the post or or actually the pad to the post or the toe toe section to the post so we like to play uh, the lace to the post so one of our our, uh, Liga team's goalie, the men's team's goalie so he used the hockey tape and it was like really stiff but it still bounced a little bit so that I wanted like all our junior goalies like the older guys they really liked it and and then it's like really firm that you can trust that setup in the game and practice that it doesn't like go off because pretty often it, it, it can be a little bit shaky when you get the lay stuff and the other 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 stuff also uh, uh, last year was the paddle wedge mm. stuff that you don't get hitting the fingers so so our U twenty goal is they were really happy about that and the third one is the kova neck guard that's the best finish one so no collarbone hit so. So I got that one and I wanted All our junior goal is Amba. Actually, our U20 and U18. So that's the best or it's a little bit Kova, thing. Actually, NHL I use too. What, um, so two more questions. The
0: next one would be for you. Top, top three bands on your most played
2: right now. Right now, actually, actually we had, a. Uh, had the new single coming out this November. So I think my own, own, own
0: band. <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah, they give you the show though. What's, what's, what's your band for
2: yeah. where can they find you? Yeah, it's, it's, the way, the new name is where so it's I-K- Cap, right? because it's I kill the B, so it's like, inside joke. And it's really wrong, metal, metal band name, like, I kill the B. But yeah, I Cap is the short of that, so. So yeah, it's like modern metal, like, like metal core and new metal stuff. So we, we share that with Jamie, but, but recently, recently, yeah, uh, the new Polaris album is pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. And they are actually coming to Finland to this spring. Um, so that one, sure. Then actually, uh, I like the new, new positive Beartooth mm-hmm. album. Yeah, so I, I think that's that was, really, <laughs> that was like positive metal, but positive breakdowns. Uh, so those two would be my picks. And and the third one. Yeah. I don't know. My 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 most listened band in Spotify rap was Iceland and Kills last year. So like horror horror stuff. So maybe I put that one there from from 2023 or Lorna Shore. Yeah. Like a little little bit more. Laura Brutus. stuff. Yeah. Metal. Metal for life. Yeah, metal.
0: Metal, metal for life. I got <laughs> no, were mine. So I think yeah. I think what's my top right now? So Polaris was my most played, but I kind of uh they're really, I kinda listened to them so much that I had I had to take a break. Right now yeah. I my my top bands are probably like Paleface Swiss so like yeah, really, yeah really, really that's hardcore yeah yeah Good so customer. really heavy and a band called Casey which is more of that like sad and loud I went and they actually played yeah. in Grand Rapids so I saw them and then oh, yeah. um it just you can't go wrong with Bring Me the Horizon you just can't no that can't.
2: that's true yeah yeah nowadays it's splits opinions a little bit with that like old school because many metalheads are like gatekeeper yeah so-, <laughs> so but I like I like like developing stuff in sports and music too like new new trends so it's it's interesting. I got say I think I think that that
0: third one is probably the devil wears Prada. I've been really into their newer stuff. Um yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah The New record is good. Yeah, that's good like yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a lot of metal heads? Of shit, all isn't it? I
0: didn't uh I don't know. I don't think so. Um yeah, my co- my podcast co-host will uh, listen a bit usually when he's working out. Um, yeah. I you know I don't know I've never I've never asked the audience. I know like in Finland it's the stereotype to be super like I, I know a few Finnish people and all of them love metal. So it's oh, the yeah. stereotype's paying true. It's not so much here. I'm more on an island myself, but every now and, yeah. and then, like on on Instagram, I get a lot of people that will send me music suggestions. So I think I don't oh, know yeah. wooly thing or metal is just bigger than I thought, but they're out there. Um, yeah that's good to hear yeah Yeah. last question I can give you so like what if you could give one piece of advice to A your younger self and then to B to young goalies out there what would that advice be
2: I would give the same advice to both that be patient be willing to work hard and uh, trust your own vision or goals that don't have like second doubts or second thoughts. So so kinda of like to have the trust the strong trust of your process or or stuff. But but especially with the patients. So I'm now nowadays teaching like the process thinking and like that we don't focus on the results. So the younger self the younger me was like pretty anxious to go ahead and maybe sometimes I skip the word, but I learned that at the at the older age and nowadays i'm really really i i like to like say that i'm a hard worker i'm not so talented in everything everything, but i like to work hard and dig hard so yes, yeah, good well
0: Yanni, i appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us and those listening and watching where can people find you if they want to reach out um, whether they want to come to finland to train or reach
2: out to you for questions they can reach out to us at our Instagram set so it's a hard name but it's a former prospect in English so they're gonna reach out there or then of course in EFK Helsinki website so there is my my contact so Helsinki, EFCO is is the, is the is my my employee so so there and we're gonna have a summer camp in Finland Finland next summer so so the details are coming coming after after the new year so Perfect.
0: And I'll link your Instagram and your website to the show notes so that people can come find you. Well, Yanni, thanks a yeah. lot. I appreciate it. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your evening. Enjoy your time with your, your brand new baby and being a dad. And I hopefully can get over to Finland or you can come over here and we should
2: coach together sometime again. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for having
1: me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?